Broadcasting on AM 950, the Progressive Talk in Minnesota, and WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk. It is the Matt McNeil Show. Back in studio on your Friday, the 29th of December. Good to be with you today. Matt and Patrick here. Uh, it is our tradition. I hope you, first of all, I hope you've been enjoying the brand new to you shows we've been putting out there. They have been, I, I'm just just flummoxed at how good they've been this year. We've had Paul Nyland on, Cliff Schechter. We had uh, both Bill Corbett and uh, Trace Ballou on from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Riff Tracks and uh, the Mads are back respectively. We had Austin Dury from the band Dury. We had Brittle Star, the Canadian comedian, kind of join us. Uh, we got two more brand new to you shows yet to come on New Year's Day and then on Tuesday the 2nd. Then we will be back live in studio on the 3rd. So enjoy those. And by the way, we've had a few people contact me. It's like, why are, are, when we're going to post the, the podcast, those will all be posted on January 2nd. All right? You'll have them all there. You can browse and stroll through the merriment of your heart's desire at that point. Speaking of heart's desire, Jeff Steins, our national and presidential expert, noted author, find his books, which make fantastic New Year's Eve stocking stuffers. Uh, they are over at Next Chapter Books, totallyiowa.com, and of course, a lot of your favorite book retailers. Uh, the Iowa Business Report, the Iowa Politics Report, come to, his, to come to us from his home station, KXEL, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa. And Jeff is kind enough to join us for our full hour to talk year in review and a look ahead to 2024. Hi, Jeff. How are you, my friend? Well, I don't know, because you just went through this. Oh, I hope you enjoyed the the new to you shows. They were so wonderful. And uh, we'll have more new to you shows. But in between, here's here's a garbage. Oh, out. yeah. This is just, you know, you know, bad planning on my behalf. I mean, this would be brand new to you if I could count. Uh, <laughs> if you had your vacation days accurately spaced out, you're a ghost today, aren't you? Actually, no. You and I have done this for our folks in Chicago. No, this is not a this is not a flub we have come back and done the new year's e the, the last show of the year whatever that may be in this case new year's Eve being on sunday we do it today um we do a year-end review show and we've done this for gosh what 10 years now oh goodness if it's 10 years it, it's probably more like 20 yeah but, right. uh, you know and and given how the last year has gone the last year alone has seemed like four I have aged. It's I'm I'm like the portrait of Dorian Gray at this point, man. <laughs> Just as an ancient, ancient creature. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Christmas card comes and he says, "What a nice family." Who's the old man? Oh, oh my God, God. <laughs> sweet Jesus! What happened to him? Uh, Isn't it nice that Grandpa's in the phone? Oh, that's Matt. <laughs> Grandpa. That's why I don't send out Christmas cards, holiday cards, anything. Nobody needs to see. <laughs> the ravages of age as they come alive. Grandpa, you mean Chester A. Arthur there. What the hell? <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's your show. I'm a guest. I'm trying to be polite. Well, yeah, well there's always time for a first. Um, <laughs> New Year's resolution. There, there you, know. you go. So uh, we, let's, let's, why don't we just catch up since we last talked uh, a, a week, week ago, ago, a little more than a week ago. There've been a few developments. Uh, first of all, in the uh, dictionary, if you look up unforced error, it says Nikki Haley. I Okay. It's not a gotcha question if it's, why is the sun yellow? Well, it's hydrogen burning. As opposed to, it's not yellow, it's blue. Next question. You know, I, I don't, why in God, you're from South Carolina. You know, I think in the actual letter from South Carolina, it says we're leaving because we want to keep slavery. How, when you get asked that question, 
do you not say, oh, yes, it was about slavery. It was a, a scourge on our country. We're glad it's gone. And next question. I mean, I, I just, how do you screw that up? How do you not begin the answer with, you'll recall that when I was governor of South Carolina, we changed the flag. Yes. And we brought the, lead with the strong suit. Yes. I, here's the thing. I think she was trying to get into some of the more nuanced arguments about preserving the union. But that's, you know, you're from South Carolina. Okay. I mean, it, I, I, I sort of get it, but the, the concept of the walk it back statement being, well, uh, of course it was slavery. I, that was first, I, you know, it was kind of like everybody knew slavery. So I thought I'd get into reasons two through 15. Um, now, uh, you'll find this humorous. I am interviewing Ambassador Haley in about two hours. Are you? I are. Okay. I, uh, well, keep in mind, again, for the audience's benefit, I'm in Iowa. You might have heard we got something going on January 15th. Okay. And so for, for, had, for everyone uh, in Chicago right now, you don't know what access to politicians is like until you spent oh an God. election season in Iowa. They are like calling you up saying, I'll go have breakfast with you. And it is, I mean, and, and nothing, nothing is more exciting than having uh, you know, uh, you know, a politician from Texas sit down and talk about wildlife eggs, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, it, it's it is really nonstop. If you have a show like Jeff's is in Iowa, which is actually fairly well respected, you you're going to get calls. Well, it, it it's like the old days for you when it was, you know, I find the pizza ranch down the road from you in Nevada to be especially attractive. That's a great, great uh, spit shield on the salad bar they have. Uh, but. Yeah. No, I, I uh, recorded with uh, Mr. Ramaswamy uh, earlier this afternoon, and I have Ambassador Haley coming up. And, uh, yeah, it's basically you have to have the right spirit about it, though, because you did this kind of stuff in Iowa a long time oh, yeah. as well. I was a teenager in radio. Boy, that sounds like an autobiography that nobody would buy. I was a teenager in radio and covered my first caucus in 1980. Now, you can do the math. 44 years ago. Wow. Um, and, and the thing, yeah, I know, carry the one 44 years ago. President Garfield but, joining us today. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Just go ahead. No, no, truly, it's the, what do you mean George Bush beat Ronald Reagan? That's oh, the carcass. Yeah, okay. But, but, uh, but you have to have the right spirit to know that, yes, I'm my, my phone is blowing up with different texts from different campaigns all the time. But I also know that on January 16th, it's not only Jeff who, but let's purge the phone of any record that we ever knew the schmo. And I'm totally fine with that because, again, the center of the political universe for six months every four years is Iowa. And bye-bye the next morning. They won't even be here that night, no. I presume. No. Because it used to be you'd be in Iowa, you'd celebrate with your supporters, and then the next day you'd go off to New Hampshire. No. You're a ghost, most likely. You're most speaking the to the. You're speaking to Iowa from New Hampshire. I mean, that's become that's the right. new thing, or or South Carolina if you if you're going down there already. But you address the Iowa crowd from your next state. That's exactly right. Now, the only reason that might be slightly different this year is, it all depends on if the candidates themselves are going to go to certain caucuses. The way the system works, by the way, for those who are unaware. We've got a couple of thousand precincts, and every precinct has a caucus, and that's where they have the straw poll vote. Democrats are meeting as well, obviously, uh, but then they 
determine who their delegates are to the county convention, and that takes you on up to the national convention. And so you, if you're a, a candidate, you can have someone speak on your behalf before the straw poll is taken. And sometimes there will be candidates who will go to a communal site. Like you, you may get a place in Cedar Falls like the Unidome, okay, big football stadium. And they may have 15 precincts all there at different parts in the room. And so it's possible that a candidate will be around to speak to that many people. So you may get a few, but no, the more common, uh, the more common thing is to say, okay, let me try to shake hands with people as they go into the door to a Metro caucus site as I then get on a plane and later in the evening, once I land in New Hampshire, I find out how it went. Yeah. Um, are oh, and you, by the way, I'm going to talk with Ambassador Haley, and no, I'm not going to ask her about the slavery question, and here's why. Not, remember World, War II, World War II, Nazis bad? You know, are you going to go with that? Well, should we start with that little layup of a question? <laughs> Discuss. Yes. Well, here's why. If I asked her about it, she's already memorized the walk-back statement. Yes. Any politician would. I, I, this is not, I'm not dogging on her. And so what's the point of me asking the question? None, because she's already said it. She's already recited it. She will memorize it and she will turn it around to it being a gotcha question from no good liberal liberal media. So I'd rather ask different questions like, okay, let's say it's an Iowa caucus goer. They're trying to make their decision. Separate yourself from DeSantis and Ramaswamy and anybody else. Leave if you want to bring in Trump, fine. But what? why should they pick you as the non-Trump candidate? separate based on positions because the other stuff's already been hashed out. Um, I w- I'm not going to mention Vivek Ramaswamy, by the way, swab down before you go into with uh, Nikki Haley after that one. But I will say, did you see the story today? DeSantis, a hundred. You talk to Vivek. My God, man, it's, that guy is out there. Um, Ron he, very, he sat He sat in this chair that I'm gesturing to on, on your Facebook. He sat over there last week and was very polite. The phone was was very dry today when mm-hmm. we did the call. Okay, <laughs> it's dry. Uh, DeSantis, a hundred and sixty million to be where he's at today. A hundred and sixty million. He, this is. I mean, we don't really have the time to get into this, but this is part of the larger problem. Is there's a lot of money on the Republican side, and it's horribly spent. I mean, it for a party that was so good at money management and controlling narrative. For many, many years, right now, they're just basically chucking wheelbarrows full of cash at anything and hoping it sticks. I think this is in today's Iowa politics report. I'm not positive, but I think it was today's because uh, I was trying to get a couple ahead for the holiday. Haley is going to wind up spending more in ads than DeSantis or Trump. Haley's going to be at 47 million, DeSantis at 43.6, and Trump at 43.1 or something like that. That's in ads, okay, alone. I, I was asked the other day, well, what the heck with, with DeSantis? And the short answer is he started believing his own publicity. And, you know, th- there's no room in the race to be the next iteration of Trump when Trump is still in the race, right? I mean, there's there's no room there. So for DeSantis to come out and in essence say, I'm I'm Trump, just younger, the people who voted for Trump say, well, I can still have Trump. I'm going there. Yeah, well, you know, and exactly. That, that, in addition to the fact that he's a horrible candidate on the stump and in person. 
You cannot be the 2.0 version of somebody when that first somebody is already there and you're just, and he's just not going to resonate. I mean, oh. and, and, and I get it. You want the Trump supporters because they're loyal, but the reality is, you know, I have said this when Trump is no longer running or no longer here, those supporters are just not going to jump to someone else. They just go away. Well, again, we've done this a long time and I, coined a phrase, Obamacrats, because in the mid-year elections, when President Obama was in office, he did not have coattail effect because there were a lot of people who came out because of him and the power of personality, etc. Well, they're Trumpicans. These are people who vote for Trump and nobody else. If you don't believe that, see no red wave in 22. Jeff Stein joining us for the full hour. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show. It is the Matt McNeil Show on your year-end edition of it with Jeff Stein for the entire hour talking about the year that was and the it's going to be. But we actually still have to get rid of the get through the news just of the last week or so. Uh, Jeff, then the the big story uh, that just broke yesterday, Maine. Uh, the Secretary of the State there basically says, nope, that's an insurrection. I, I read multiple legal reviews of the 14th Amendment, and one of the things that all of them said is that there is nothing in there that says you have to have a conviction. It's just as if someone it's determined that someone is has can, you know been involved in anti-American behavior, that basically they can be removed from the ballot. And as you have said, the these elections are state, you know, it's not it's not a national election, it's the state run issue. So now you have 50 individual voices making that call. Whereas most of the other states, California, Michigan, Minnesota, all have kept Trump on the ballot. Colorado knocked him off. That starts the Supreme Court, but now Maine has removed him from the primary ballot. Uh, your thoughts, first of all, on that? I, I think it just pushes the uh, the Supreme Court's hand. They have to make a decision on this pretty quick. I'm not sure it's the Supreme Court that's going to hurry up. I just keep, you know, when when we look at the the ruling that Jack Smith uh, got handed where he said, look, we're going to run into the trial, you know, skip the appeals court, take care of this right now. And they said, no, we got to go through the appeals process. I just wonder if that's precedential mentally. It's not legally precedential. Okay. But I'm just wondering if the, if the Supreme court is saying, you know what, this is no different than anything else. Run it through the normal chain. There has not even been a lawsuit out of Maine yet. Mm -hmm. Obviously the the decision just handed down uh, last evening. But it is uh, it is curious because the Trump people had two bits of strategy. One was to say, well, he hasn't lost yet at any of these states. Look, Minnesota letting him uh, be on the ballot. OK, well, they don't have that now. Well, then you get the well, he's never been convicted. Well, to your point, that's not a, a that's not in the Constitution. Mm hmm. The one thing I would use if I was if I was defending if I was on his team on this, I would say. He has been acquitted by the United States Senate. And so not it's not just an open question and he's got pending charges, so we better be safe. They should play the acquittal. And you know, they should they should play the acquittal card and say, not only has there not been a conviction, he was actually acquitted. Now it's not at all the same. Well, and and I can but, bring up the, the the fault with that is that there was at the time of the impeachment that the what we now know via the the investigative committee and we know from Jack Smith 
is that there was indeed a tremendous amount of coordination between the Trump campaign and what exactly happened on January 6th with intent to basically indeed throw out a legitimate election. So, and I mean, and like I said, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Trump tried to overthrow a legitimate election. That's, that's, I mean, it's, it's plain and clear. I cannot criticize whether Colorado or Maine or if another state does it, them pulling him off the ballot. The question then comes down to, as this Supreme Court has talked about states' rights, you know, are are they about to go out there? I mean, what is your thought on that? I mean, when eventually well, it does, that's the whole point, though. Yeah. That's the whole point. This Supreme Court said, with regard to abortion, it's a states' rights issue. That's essentially what they came down saying. Well, then what's this? Well, it's a national election. No, it isn't. If it was a national election, then it would be by popular ballot and not electoral college with standardized rules, standardized voting procedures, standardized times, but it isn't. So you're either going to have to throw out everything that we know about election law in this country, or you have to let the states handle it each in their own ways. Look at the, the, the rules for getting on a ballot. They're different in every state now, especially with regard to a primary. You're going to throw all of that into the wind? I, I just don't see it. Is the argument going – I mean, a lot of people have talked about how SCOTUS is pretty much already in the bag for Trump on this one. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. But I, I will think it is. <laughs> I really don't think it is. Uh, the the question I ha- in regards to that is could they come back and they say, well, we have determined that this was not an insurrection. Henceforth – you know, which I don't know if they would want to even get with that with Jack Smith out there. I mean, that's that's predatory and predatory on, the, on that case. So mm-hmm. I, but I mean, they could come back and that could be the ruling. We have determined this is not a, an insurrection. We're only going to apply it to this case, which means that all these states, you can't use this as an excuse to take them off the ballot. If you have another excuse, fine, but this is not one to use. So I think they're going to no, they're they're going to they're going to abdicate. Well, it's not abdicating. It's not abdicating your responsibility when you say follow normal procedure, okay? okay? But but that but that's what, in essence, they'd be doing, right? If they say, no, you've got to go through the appeals process, you've got to do it just like every other case, well, okie dokie, because that's saying that they're not going to touch it. Mm. They Because the other thing is, very rarely is the Supreme Court, the court of original jurisdiction on an issue with evidence. Very rarely. And so that's why it has to go up. By the way, as we've been talking, and I know you're going to want to make notes, uh, Tuesday, January 9th, there's a Trump event near where you used to live in Boone, Iowa, uh-huh. featuring Roseanne Barr. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I, I'm not, I can't make Trump, any of this Trump, Roseanne, up. Boone. Boy, yeah, that's really, uh, you're pushing and all former, my buttons there. And former acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker. Seriously? It's, it's, the jumbo toilet guy. <laughs> it's it's like tinkers to Evers to chance. It's Trump to Bar to Whitaker right here on oh my. Oh my God! Seriously, you've got to go. You've got to go. I mean, oh wow. I mean, would they allow me into that town? I don't know. Uh, but that has nothing to do with Trump. I mean, Boone and I have you know history. That being said, I I, I someday and yeah, you're going to walk this right up to the break so we can't get into it. You but know you're why tell I me someday about Boone? I got assaulted by Phil Graham in Steamboat Rock, Iowa, because I've got to tell you about my platform. And I'm like, gee, will you leave me alone? I'm in the bathroom. You know, it, it's it's just, 
okay. I, I got enough of that Texas. in the two times I went through it down there. Texas Senator Phil Graham, when he was running for president, I think it was 2000. I can't even yes, remember. Yes, it was. Now. He assaulted you in a bathroom? Well, he assaulted me with that drawl. I mean, it was, it was, it was very folksy. His, his mere appearance, his mere presence was an affront to you, is what you're saying. No one had the guts to get in front of that guy and say, you sound like you've been inhaling gas for every, every time. There was no such thing as a fast sentence with that guy. And yet he thought he had a chance at winning the whole thing. And I was, I mean, and I, I'm dead serious. I read, and like I said, if you ever want to go see something wild, go to Iowa before their, their caucus, because you will, they will shake hands with everyone in that state. I mean, pretty much everyone gets to see a presidential candidate. It's nuts. And, and yeah, Phil Graham, he just kind of landed near Eldora while I was living at that time, working for a radio station out there. And based, it just went, or well, and Ames, I was down in Ames, but he was up by Eldora, Steamboat Rock and stuff like that. And, and he was, he just didn't want to get out of there. I don't know if he liked the, the food or what, but he just, well, here's, you know. here's even better. The uh, Boone, Iowa event. And I know this is triggering, but the Boone event, yeah. it's at a venue and the address is Mamie Eisenhower Avenue. Oh, really? <laughs> this is the gift that keeps on giving this oh, wow. email right here. Whitaker. God, I forgot about him in his jumbo toilet. Uh, yes. okay, that was, that was okay. W- w- enough with this. The current updates. We'll talk about the last year, and we'll talk about 2024, the year to come, when we do return. Jeff Stein joining us for the full year-in-review edition of The Matt McNeil Show. Come on back. Broadcasting on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk and AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Jeff Stein joining us for his year in review outlook here. We take a look at what's happened in 2023, what's happening in 2024. Although you and I should go to Chicago, investigate the corrupt politics there, but do it in all the restaurants. For God's sakes, that's got to be some good food down there, man. Well, don't you think that if you really want to get a feel of the Chicago audience, you have to do the deep dish pasta crawl throughout the city well I mean, isn't that just mandatory eastern and isn't it isn't it on the radio stations tab well to, i mean, I mean we, we, yeah okay let's not get too generous there but i i will say you know eastern european delis mm-hmm. the deep dish pizza they're just good hot dogs man i mean good they mm-hmm. they you can't make up you can't put a bad hot dog out in chicago you're just not going to succeed i mean there, there are some things that are down there, and plus, I mean, it's Chicago, so any, any, any type of food you want, you're going to find it, and you're going to find it in abundance because it's that big of a city, and it's going to have that good of variety. So, I think you and I need to do an in-depth political investigation with seconds, <laughs> with seconds, <laughs> with, with seconds. family style eating. Exactly. I was going to say, um, you know, this uh, Trump rally in Boone, yeah, radio station there uh, just picked <clears throat> up for calendar year 2024, one of my syndicated programs, and so. Maybe I should do a site visit and we should just do your program from the parking lot of the venue at Mamie Eisenhower Avenue a week from Tuesday. Is, just set up right there in the parking lot. Is the pizza ranch still there in Boone? <laughs> it's actually at a place called MJ's Venue. Oh, is it? Who, who uses the phrase venue in the name of their business? I don't know. Well, apparently MJ. And, and let me make, apologize right now for all the people in Chicago. Not that MJ. <laughs> okay. We'll just, we'll just say yeah, it right it goes now. goes full circle. Yeah. This is not our first day. Um, 
Okay, 2023, yeah. it's, it's, it's been a mess. And it, it's, it's not as painful, I mean, as the pandemic years, I don't think. But it has been very hard to watch. Yeah, and I feel, well, I don't. Do I feel sorry for Republicans? I don't know. I mean, they have to stand by this guy because he brings with him a, a substantial voting block, which they cannot win without. The they, they've also been scared to death because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And we, you and I have talked about it repeatedly. There's been a undeniable six to 12 point swing towards the Democrats in a lot of these races, which have, you know, you know, undermined the red tsunami of special elections across the board. It is it, it, it's a kind of a nightmare scenario. So they have to stay in there. But. When you look at the volume of legal problems he's got, and he's not going to escape them all. He's just not. And also the fact that he's gone freaking Nazi in these last few weeks with the, you know, the comments about vermin and poisoning the blood. And, and, and you know, it's, you know, this is, this is getting really ugly because as you have very intelligently said, and this is one of the greatest things Jeff Stein ever said, is that your, your analysis of how primaries to general elections work is spot on. You sprint to the extremes for the primaries. You sprint back to the, in the middle for the general election. But you and I have noticed in the last 20 years, the Republicans just kind of stay out there on the right and they just hope they get enough you know, traction. And it just does not work. Well, you, in the pendulum, <laughs> because of the increasing number of independents, just keeps swinging. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you go from Obama to Trump? I mean, how do you explain that? Or take it even before that. How do you go from W. Bush to Obama to Trump? If if not for the fact that the independents are just not satisfied with anything in the system, and so they would vote for the same people. I recall eight years ago, Bernie Sanders, dead heat against Hillary Clinton in the Iowa caucus, and there were young people who were trying to decide they were telling pollsters they couldn't decide should they vote for bernie or vote for trump and at first you say um that's kind of the opposite hindsight 2020 yeah but at the time what they said was we want somebody from the outside we don't like the system we don't like the traditional and so it was all image of how they perceived the image to be Well, you knew the system was in deep trouble. The two-party system was in deep trouble when the new voters coming in were so disgruntled with the status quo and their job situation and the economy. And it's like, well, it's either Bernie or Trump. Like, how? Well, that shows you how volatile everything is. But to your point, when you were saying about, uh, you know, the Republicans just have to buy into Trump, I don't think there's coattail effect. I just don't. I'm not not sure. In some cases, the ones that echo him the most, yes, but only in really red districts. And Mm -hmm. so I think that there is some, but it's moderate districts. There's none. Well, what are you going to do if you're Chip Roy and you've been hiking across Iowa with Ron DeSantis? How are you going to kiss and make up with Trump? You're not. not. The best you can do is to say, we got to get Joe Biden out of there. But it sounds so disingenuous when you're throwing mud during a primary and then it's kiss or make up time. There was a trial balloon floated last week by some in the Trump world about, well, would Nikki Haley be so bad as vice president? This would be the person he keeps calling bird brain on the campaign trail. Now, granted, 
you know, everybody forgets things at the convention. But the point is, I don't know how, when it gets to be this much scorched earth, how do you all come together and sing Kumbaya? Two two points about what you said. First of all, there's no way they'll take Nikki, Nikki Haley because he needs to have a vice president who's going to guarantee that he'll they'll pardon him. And that's just that Nikki Haley is not, I mean, I don't, she screwed up badly with the Civil War question, but at the same time, I don't think that if there was, you know, copious amounts of evidence of Trump's wrongdoing, that she would just sign off on a pardon. That being said, I want to go back to the other thing. You talked about independence. Mm -hmm. The independents are not going to go back to Trump. Not this time. We've already seen what Trump has done, and it's a mess. And since 2016, and you were right. I mean, I I was stunned myself with the amount of Democrats who said, uh, you know, there's no difference between Hillary and Trump. And you're like, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> and they they were there. 2018, yeah. 2020, 2022, all of which have broken towards the Democrats. The Joe Biden is there, and we'll get to Biden here in a little bit. But I just, I mean, there have, there have been some, and, and polling is all goofy because it just does not reliably get anyone under the age of 35 anymore. And so, you know, when they had the New York Times poll that came on out and said 30% of black voters are going to vote for Trump, I trust me, I took some time immediately and went out there and started talking to people in the in the black community. I was like, is this any true? And they said, no, not even close. And and so it's it, it he got six percent of the female black vote in 2026. So for him to be up at 30 with the complete black community, I mean, that would have to go up to 25. That's not happening. And as as one as one woman told me, she goes, that's just there, there is I she goes, I don't know one single black woman that was going to vote for Trump. I just do not see Trump going with the independence. And even if there was a chance of it. How do you, as an independent, go with Johnny Nazi over there? You go with, okay, you're asking me a direct question about how, if you're an independent, would you vote for Trump? Let's after, say after that, what compare it to comparatively to 2016, because 2016, you're right. There was, it was just, we didn't know. We well, doubt, we do now why. know. Yeah. Here, here's why. Because if it's Trump versus Biden, there may be some independents who voted for Trump in 2016, voted for Biden in 2020, and might just say, well, I don't really like the way things are going. I mean, that's the only way. Because Trump, of all the Republicans, and he's not really a Republican or a conservative, but that's the banner, he's the one taking a little different ground on the abortion issue. And yes, he appointed justices who voted uh, in the Dobbs case to overturn Roe, but he's the one saying, we're going to get killed in elections if we don't take a more moderate position. And so, you know, how can it be? It's The problem with, with elections is that it becomes personality-based. Would you rather have Trump or Biden? Snap judgment. Let's go. And that's how people may decide. So I'm not as convinced as you are that independents have sworn off Trump. No. Because, again, you're not, and I understand what your comparison, and it's a good comparison, Trump of today versus Trump of 2016. DeSantis and Haley point out that in 2016, Trump talked about you, the voter. Now he talks about himself. And that is true, but it all comes down to this person versus this person and, and how the economy is in October of 2024. It's Trump's amazing ability in campaigns is mm -hmm. that he can convince people to vote against their own best judgment. It's and I and I have made this comparison. Joe Biden, you may not like him, but at worst, he's an Arby's beef and cheddar. Still technically food. Maybe not the meal anyone really wants, but he's still technically food. Trump on a lot of things is an actual crap sandwich. 
And he has to convince people that there is no difference between those. And he does very well convince people of that, which is disturbing to say the least. Now, that being said, this whole game about, you know, modern abortion, I don't think it's working in Virginia in the last election cycle in 2023. That was the more new, the brand new moderate version of Republican abortion rules. And they got trounced. They were supposed to pick up the state. They didn't. You, 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 you're, I don't, I mean, it's, it's such a toxic issue for Republicans right now. I don't know how they get away with it, but I just do not feel as if the poster child for who, who promised, I, you know, and, and I understand what you're saying that people will say, well, he was never really conservative. He was always talking about getting Supreme court justices because he knew part of the Republican party only voted for that. And so you're not going to be able to wash that. He's not going to be able to say, well, I'm now for a, say a a 16 week, you know, uh, you know, it's legal for 16 weeks. You're not going to be able to do that and get away with it because just he, you know, we've already seen that a more moderate policy doesn't necessarily work for the Republicans and he's the poster child for this policy. But, but two things, you're going to have to divorce him from the Republicans because I can see a scenario depending on where votes come in where he is elected president and Democrats take big majorities in both the House and the Senate. And it's a horrible year for Democrats in the Senate with regard to the number of, of uh, senators who are up for re-election. If anybody, based upon the, the history that we know of the last eight to 10 years, if there's anybody who can separate himself from the party like that, it's potentially Trump. Because again, you're talking about Virginia and the moderate policy, Trump wasn't on the ballot. See, again, it's this force of personality that comes through. Mm-hmm. And 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 it, again, that's a neutral statement. I'm not endorsing. I'm just saying he has the distinctive ability to not have things stick in the same way. And he could stand on a stage and espouse a, a position and have a Republican member of Congress on the same stage espouse that same position, and they would hold it against the congressperson and not Trump. I I just think it's that crazy and therefore hard to predict. It's also not Biden's not playing along with their game plan. Uh, Crime is down. I just read some of the stories today. New York Times has it today. Inflation is down dramatically. Uh, You have uh, gas prices are down, are up. The stock market is up and dramatically. Employment, the employment markets have been the reason why I think we got out of this inflation with the Fed as well, with the interest rate hikes, is because of the strong employment market. Going into an election year, these are really good banners for him, especially the stock market. That a lot of people like it when the stock market goes up. So that's 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 going to help Biden there, particularly. That being said, it's 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 you're going to have to convince a lot of people if those trends continue. You're going to have to continue, you know, basically say it's not good enough. And I just don't know if that's an argument Trump and Republicans can pull off that even though the stock market is up, it would be up more with Trump, even though there's better market hiring market right now than there was before. It'd be better with Trump. I just that's that's a fantastical argument that's very difficult to make. Here's the problem with the inflation thing. We were at a point where we were at nine percent inflation. Now it is close to three, two point seven. Right. Yep. What that means is prices are still going up. By 3%. But that's cost of living. And that's cost of living, though. That's that was it two point is a 2.6% is the annual cost of living increase anyway. So it's it's basically in line with the cost of living. But here's the point. When Trump left office, inflation was 1.7. It got to nine 
under Biden, and a lot of things went up, more than the cost of living. The thing is, they haven't come down from that point. So yes, you're now at a point of normal cost of living, but my tab at the grocery store, my tab at the big store, uh, the Walmarts or wherever, uh, I don't have a Target near me, sorry, we have a Walmart, I'm paying a ton more than I did four years ago. That's the thing that all the government numbers are going to say, look, we're right on pace, but they haven't gone down because you can't do deflation or you're going to absolutely wreck the economy. We got to take a break here, but I will say this, the fact that you have to explain it like that, that's not, that's a tough, that's a tough stance to take. And plus the fact that four years ago, most grocery shelves were empty at that point. We'll take a break. Come back more with Jeff right after this. It is the Matt McNeil Show once again live here with our year-end show. Jeff Stein, kind enough to join us for the full hour and talk about things. Jeff, um, okay, so we talk about Trump, we talk about Biden. Let's talk about particularly the Republicans because it's been interesting. On the Democratic side, you've got uh, you know uh, Dean Phillips who has tried to run against Biden and it's not gone well. And the reason why, and I, I'll put it bluntly, is because to win the Democratic nomination, you have to have union labor on your side and they are fully ensconced in the Biden camp and it's just not going to happen. So I don't think you're going to see too much in the way, plus that Biden has delivered on that infrastructure bill um, you know, and, and other things that you know, definitely they have the ability to run on. For the Republicans, it comes down to if it starts looking like Trump might get beat and beat badly again, at what point do you think the Republican Party says, hey, we want to try to hold the Senate, we want to try to hold the House or pick up the Senate, hold the House. Um, At what point do you think that maybe you start seeing that separation? Is it going to be what, April, May, June? What's your thoughts? The problem is the congressional Republicans can't agree on any strategy for anything. And so to suggest that they would all of a sudden get together before the convention and run away from the nominee of the party. Oh, boy. I just. uh, The the House is a loss. I mean, you bring up a very good point. Is there any way in the world the Republicans hold the U.S. House? I mean, they look so damn incompetent. Well, here's the thing. You have to look at retirements and see how many open seats there are and see how the polling is in those i mean if you if you assume everybody running for re-election wins status quo right yep. that won't happen but let's just assume that you've had this high number of people leaving all right are those districts prone to lean red or blue i think you're going to have even if it flips it's not going to be you know this huge it's going to be like a, a pelosi six vote majority but there's a heck of a difference between how a speaker with a six-vote majority handled it last year as opposed to this year. And I'm not talking about policy. I'm just talking about keeping your caucus together and delivering the votes mm-hmm. that you need. Um, you know, this, it, again, I, this, this is so volatile. I don't see how the Republicans hold the House. You're right about that. I could sure see the Republicans pick up the Senate. Uh, but it could also just as easily be Republican in the White House, solid majorities for Democrats in Congress, and Katie bar the door. Well, and also we should mention, New York has to redraw their maps. Those maps definitely benefited the Republicans 
if they get redrawn at all, I think that, and of course, there's George Santos's seat. I don't think the Republicans have any chance of holding that again. Uh, you know, and that's what we're talking about. We we can three, four seats. That's all we need to find uh, for the for the Democrats to be able to pick up. And this goes back to the Democrats' house. I just, and especially- well, keep in mind one thing. We are coming back after the first of the year, and we're staring at a government shutdown in two weeks. Yeah. Well, and- And, and you've got two fewer Republicans. It's a, you know, I mean, I, granted, because uh, Santos and uh, McCarthy are out, you know, you don't have 435 now as your denominator, but they're still going to need 217 to pass anything. They have the margin of two votes. <laughs> well, and also, it's not going to help them that vote to impeach, uh, to open the impeachment inquiry into Biden, because once again, even Fox News was like, what evidence do you have to start this? And their answer is, well, it's just a fishing expedition. And well, that's that's not going to resonate with moderate voters. I think that the American people have figured out, just like in 2016 and 2020, they sort of know who Trump is. And they didn't care. You know, me, all of the atrocities with women, all the rest of it. At that moment, they didn't care. I think most Americans would be very willing to believe everything they hear about Joe and Jim and Hunter and the whole family it comes down to what have you done for me? So when you're a Republican in the U.S. House running for re-election and you tick off your list of victories, here's what we did for you, the American people. If the best you can do is we opened an impeachment inquiry against potentially a lame duck president. If that's the best you've got. Oh, and got rid of Roe v. Wade. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that is not exactly a, a stellar banner. I do not see, by the way, DeWine vetoed the uh, the transitioning <laughs> yeah, he bill. He vetoed that today. I do not see the LGB, anti-LGBTQIA plus community stuff resonating with with general independent voters. And, it, and I think that's DeWine basically saying this is this is the dead horse we are not going to be whipping anymore. Well, and the way he got flamed by those on the far right shows you what a touch point it is. And when the far right or far left immediately dives in on any issue, and I've said this for years, that's when I get very suspicious that there's something else going on. And they all piled in on DeWine, who yesterday was wonderful. And now, you know, they they uh, they wouldn't want to walk on the same side of the street as uh, the Senate, uh, you did bring up a point is that it, it's a tough pickup for, for, for the or deaf hold for the Democrats. Um, mm -hmm. Your thoughts, do you feel as if, I mean, I, I think if, if things really start going badly for Trump here, I think the Democrats are looking, might be able to hold Montana and all these, some of these other states. If that's the case, then yeah, I think the Democrats do hold the Senate. Every state, okay, back to state elections, yes. right? Are you voting for somebody in people are so darn independent and I kind of like that about them, but you could vote for Biden and not vote for the Democrat in the House or the Senate. I could sure see that happening. And in Arizona, what if Cinema wins as an independent? Is she going to caucus with the Democrats? Or if she's the tiebreaker to come to the Republican side, does she flip so that she has power? Craziness. I, you know, I, I, I don't see her winning down there. I just don't. I'm just saying, I, what if? What if? I, I mean, you're, you're, hey, we have to play this whole thing out. But I think that who, whatever resonance she did have, it, especially with moderate Democrats, it's gone. And I, I think that that's, that's coming back to Hunter. I, I will, it will be interesting to watch the Senate because, I mean, if anything, 
of all the shows we're going to have in 2024, that's the one that's going to have the most interest, I think. Well, absolutely, because again, you have to keep in mind, if it's a split chamber, the vice president breaks the tie. Mm -hmm. Record-setting number of ties broken by the current vice president. That's another reason why who's in the White House is so important, because you've got the the double whammy of the Senate tiebreaker involved. And reminder about Biden. He basically strong-armed the Republicans in the Senate saying, do not stop my judicial nominees. And he hasn't. And he's been able to put a lot of, you know, Democratic judges on, on benches across the country. So, Jeff, as always, fantastic stuff. Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you in 2024. Be well, sir. Take care. Uh, hour two. That's coming up next. Ooh.